Welcome to the People Star Podcast. We deliver leadership perspectives from industry experts on their people, architecture, routines, and culture as they solve HR's newest challenges. And now your host, Julie Regan. Hello, welcome, Julie Regan, host of the People Star Podcast. Today, I am super excited to have Don Golden with me. Don is the CEO of Precision Sample, and they do super interesting work where they do market research. So Don, it's my understanding that if a car company wants to know if the red model or the blue model will sell better, that you go out and help companies make good decisions based on market research. Is that right? Or what color would you add to that? And welcome. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Happy to be here. Appreciate you having me on. Essentially, we play a role in the process. Specifically, we're an online or a digital data collection firm, which means that We work with market researchers who designed the surveys or the research where they want to find out if customers like a red car or a blue car better. And then we play the role of taking their survey, programming it, turning it into an online instrument or experience, and then supplying the participants. When people ask me what I do, I usually tell them I look for needles in a haystack all day because it's never as simple as, you know, we want to find people who own cars you know, in the example that you gave, they want to find people who own specific types of cars and then are planning on buying a car, you know, in the next 90 days. And so essentially we have to, you know, do a lot of profiling of participants and talk to a lot of people to find the target for our clients. And essentially once we've, once we've gotten all the responses that they're looking for, we package up all the data and we send it off to them and and we let them do the analysis. That's super cool. What a great company. Don, you said something that I'd like to follow up on as a leader You said that you are looking for needles in a haystack. And when we are looking for employees, we're often looking for needles in a haystack. Mm -hmm. And I know that you select people in a very specific way. How do you find employees that are needles in the haystack? Sure. Essentially, in our interview process, I really have two qualities in an employee that I care about most. One, that they're smart, and you find that out by looking at people's backgrounds and education and having a conversation with them. And two, that they're nice people. I really, you know, sometimes our business can get stressful, like lots of businesses. And I found when I've I've relaxed the nice quotient that things have gotten difficult in the company. So those are those are really my two primary criteria. And then ultimately, in the interview process, I have really only one question that I care about that I ask people. And this is stolen from somebody, I forget, maybe it was Mark Cuban, something I saw on LinkedIn years ago. My one interview question that I ask is, you know, tell me about your previous job where you had, you know, a really upset, you know, client or person that you were dealing with. And, And of course, out of that, you get a whole long story about what they did and how they resolved the issue and the conflict. But ultimately, all I'm looking for in the response is whether or not they cared, you know, whether or not they cared about, you know, had empathy towards the problem that the person on the other end of the line was having. Because ultimately, I only want people here that, you know, actually care about the work that they're doing in our clients. And so that's, you know, my primary focus. Those are really interesting things to look for, smart and nice, and asking them to tell about how they dealt with something that was challenging, like another person on the end of the line that was that was upset. Sounds like that's worked for you. Have you, tell me the story about one of one of the great employees that you might've had and what, what did they do that was great after you found this needle in a haystack, you've put them through your guidelines. Do you have any stories about great employees? Yeah, absolutely. So as a startup and as a bootstrap startup, I've, you know, historically been pretty frugal, you know, with bringing people aboard, but really in the last couple of years, I've really started to focus on, you know, bringing a higher level 
of employee into the business. And, and it's been, you know, it's an hour, an hour at a time, you know, where we can afford it and it's paid dividends. And one example is a woman that, you know, came aboard with us in the last year and she came from, she's actually German and she worked at BMW in their market research department for many years and relocated here because her husband's an American. And I really had to, you know, dig deep into the pocketbook to bring her aboard because she's, you know, she's very smart, very sharp woman, and put her into a role of essentially, you know, managing a lot of our supply sources of respondents. And she has brought such a, you know, much more highly analytical approach to it that has helped us optimize that process and really just took the job and ran with it. And so, you know, I mean, that just really reinforced my my belief that, you know, we have to really strive, you know, for a higher level of professional that we bring into the organization. And, we, and we've been doing that and the results have been amazing. That's super great. You know, it's interesting that here you're asking a lot of questions, you're doing market research, you're finding really great people. Is this what you always envisioned doing? How did you end up doing this thing, market research? How did you end up here? Yeah, that's a, an interesting story. Actually, I, I was actually at my first kind of in-person conference last week in over 18 months. And I was actually having, there were some more junior people there. And, you know, I was having a conversation with them and, you know, some of them weren't really sure they, they were in the right industry. And, you know, I told my story of when I got out of college, it was right in the original Internet boom days. And I decided I wanted to work in the Internet. I didn't really care what I did. And I think that that, I mean, that's advice that I give to a lot of younger professionals is don't necessarily worry about exactly what you're doing. If you're, if you're someone who's really kind of a broad based background or education, find an industry that's interesting to you and go work there and then you'll find your place. And, and that's exactly what happened with me. I decided I wanted to work in the internet and I just, you know, I took whatever job I could get. And eventually my career path, you know, led me into basically doing marketing and finding audiences and, you know, delivering them to my company, you know, whether, whether to drive sales or I worked at a, you know, on digital music community. And that experience played perfectly when I got a job in the industry that I am today. And I was tasked with going out and finding those needles in a haystack, and, you know, enticing them to come and, you know, and join our panel of survey participants. So that, you know, it all went from there. I worked for that company and then I decided I, I thought I knew how to do it better. And, you know, you know, that's still up, up for debate, but, you know, just that, I mean, that's how I kind of found my way into what I'm doing today. And that's still my core skill is digital marketing and finding needles in a haystack and, you know, and talking them into doing what I want them to do online. <laughs> That's amazing. And I love the advice for people that are just starting out, like find an industry you like, go work in it and see what happens. And maybe along that line, that's a great piece of advice for people. Is there any advice in your head that's been ringing? That's any advice that you've received recently that's been ringing in your head? Well, unfortunately, it's advice that it's a lesson that I've learned multiple times over the past, you know, five or six years of running this business. And it's ultimately to, you know, mitigate your risk. If you're running a business and, you know, one of your customers is a significant portion of your revenue, you know, 30, 40, 50% plus, or one of your suppliers is a significant portion of your supply chain, you know, you really want to mitigate your risk by not allowing that to happen. So no customer should ever be 10 or 15% more of your revenue. No supplier should be ever, you know, 10 or 15% more of your supply chain and, you know, mitigate your risk that way because if, you know, the worst case happens and you lose your best customer, you lose your best supplier, it really sets your business back so far and it takes so much time to recover from that. So really risk mitigation in terms of customers and supply chains is, is my best advice for, you know, entrepreneurs and people growing the businesses. That's cool. And that's really true. And, and when you think about those things, if you think about having too much of your business weighted in one place, 
that can be very stressful, that relationship and knowing that there's so many dependencies on that customer, that relationship, which maybe leads me into the final question, which is about energy and where you get your energy, because you've got to have energy to follow through with making sure that you're in the right space, making sure that you're diversified and keeping all of those pieces running in a, in a healthy way. How do you stay energized? Change. Change yeah. is my biggest energizer. I love... That can be uh, stressful for people, but for you, it's, it's your energy source. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So every day we work on different projects here. So we do, you know, we field typically about a thousand different surveys for clients a month and they're all different and they all have their challenges associated with them. And so that was the change that, you know, attracted me to the industry in the first place. But then now that I don't really deal in the day to day of all the projects, it's growing the company and finding new products for us to, you know, to offer to our customers to, you know, enhance our offerings. And so I'm constantly that's what gets me up in the morning is, you know, finding new ways to grow the business with, you know, new and inventive products. And, and I love it. Okay. Well, that actually leads me to one more question because it's super unusual to hear people say that change is their energy source because it can be the opposite for so many people. What do you think your superpower is as a leader then? Is it finding that energy? Is it something else? What's your superpower? I think my superpower is I'm really, I'm just one of the guys. You know, I hate it when people call me the boss, right? I don't want to be the boss. You know, I'm just the I'm just the guy kind of set in the direction that we're all going in. And I spend a lot of time, you know, speaking with and relating to my team, you know, and I don't I don't ever want to be this kind of, you know, big scary person on the top. You know, I just want to be one of the guys and I want to be a part of the team. And you know, that's what I really focus on. Humility, approachability, being a part of the team. Those are really good powers. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Don, it's been, it's been super great to talk with you and to hear a little bit about your perspective. And it does work for you. And Precision Sample is just a great company. If, you know, if anybody's looking for ways to think about how to find market research, of course, Don and his company are a great resource. And Don, it's been a pleasure to visit with you today. Thanks so much for having me. It's been super fun. Thanks, Julie. Thanks for listening to the People Star Podcast. For the show notes, transcript, resources, and more ways to get a seat at the table, visit us at trackstar.com slash podcast.